I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the 2020 Network, brought to you by Interact. Many people, myself included, secretly worry that someone could come along and steal their identity. According to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, identity theft rates rose by 33% for each of the past three years. It's certainly an interesting topic that's top of mind. Download the Interact Digital Identity White Paper at developer.interact.ca. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know more about Senator Palpatine than I know about the United States Senate, and that's kind of a problem. And so that's why I'm inviting really smart people into the studio to explain things to me like I'm five. For the last few weeks, my social media reading has been dominated by talk of the United States midterm elections. So much so that people are changing their display names on Twitter to remember to vote on November 6th. I don't remember this much focus ever being on a midterm election. This is a big deal. And then I was thinking about it, and as a Canadian, the idea of a midterm election is just completely foreign to me. And so, today, I want to understand the purpose and importance of midterm elections in the United States. And to do that, I think I'm going to need a crash course in the construction of the United States government. To help me with that, I'm joined by former Congressman Bill Owens, Senior Advisor in the Public Policy and Regulation Practice at Denton's. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm delighted to be with you. So um, to understand what's going on, I I think I need a bit of a a picture of what the American government looks like, because uh, I'm old enough to have turned my rabbit ears towards Buffalo uh, to pick up some Saturday morning cartoons, and I'm certain that I saw a schoolhouse rock that explained it to me, but that was a long time ago. So uh, if you could just give me the, the, the short version of how the American government is structured, that would be great. Certainly. I, I think that that will be very helpful uh, for our later conversation. We have a constitutional form of government uh, that has three branches that are co-equal. The first is the executive, which is the essentially the office of the president and various agencies. Uh, The second is the Congress, which is the House and the Senate. And the third is the judicial branch, uh, which most people associate with the U.S. Supreme Court, although there are several levels of courts within that system. And uh, so what's their, what are their relationships to each other, these three branches? Each of them has a specific set of tasks under the Constitution that they are to perform. Obviously, the judicial branch uh, most of the time handles litigation, uh, either prosecutions for criminal matters or civil litigation between individuals. But its other important function, and maybe most important function, is that it resolves constitutional questions. The legislative branch is empowered to enact legislation, and has the power of the purse. In other words, only the Congress can authorize the spending of money, and spending bills must arise in the House of Representatives and have to then be approved or passed by the Senate. The president can submit legislation to Congress, but is mostly responsible for foreign affairs, the military, protection of our borders, 
and then delving into a variety of other agencies that have grown up since the country was formed um, in the seven in the late 1700s. So I'm just trying to relate this to our own Canadian experience here, um, uh, because we do have we have a, a House of Commons, and then we also have a Senate, and I, I believe they serve similar similar functions. Um, what is being voted on in this midterm election? Who are we? Who are we electing right now? So I, I think it's important to make a couple of uh, points at this juncture. Yes. When you talk about midterm elections, the House of Representatives stands for election every two years, and senators stand for election every six years. Okay. So there is always a midterm election during the term of a president. Okay, that makes sense. But there then, is nothing unique about this. Okay. The Senate, though, um, only every six years is not always then during a president's term. Is that, does that make sense during an individual president's term? Well, no. They, it would occur that way because the Senate uh, is elected, if you will. Their terms are, um, if we just took the 2016 election, for instance, mm-hmm. there were one-third of the senators standing for election in 16, one-third in 18, okay. and one, one-third in 20. Okay. Is the idea then that uh, a uh, a government that has a large number of uh, a majority of the the congressional seats uh, are they in an easier position to pass legislation and get stuff done? In theory, that's correct. Okay. Um, if if you hold as the Republicans do today, both the presidency, mm-hmm. the House, and the Senate, that should enable them to. Uh, move legislation much more efficiently than if you had a, di- a divided government. That makes sense. So the, the the president puts it forward. The uh, it goes through the the Congress and then it goes through the Senate. Is that is that the way that 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 runs? That's correct. Okay. And so um, midterm elections then have they always been a part of the American system? A- absolutely, uh, because of the cycle and the requirement that. The cycle in the Senate and the requirement that Congress run every two years means that in every president's term, assuming he or she serves four years, there will be a midterm election. Right. And um, what is the intended purpose of the midterm election? The theory of the framers of the Constitution was that they wanted members of the House of Representatives to be elected every two years so that they were directly and closely responsible to the people. Right. So if you're standing for election every two years, it means, in effect, you have to prove to your constituents that you should be reelected. And and that's the purpose behind it. The midterm concept is something that's been applied over time, but doesn't take away from the basic premise that you want people in the House of Representatives to be standing for election every two years. Okay. Really to give them more accountability, uh, more direct responsibility for their actions in those two years. That's correct. Okay. Um, Is there a common pattern to the results of midterm elections? Historically, certainly in the last hundred years, the 
party holding the presidency tends to suffer substantial losses in the House of Representatives in particular and frequently in the Senate. The Republicans hold the House, the Senate, and the presidency. History would tell us that they are likely to lose a substantial number of seats and likely to lose control at least of the House. And why is that? That's a, that's a fascinating question. Um, my explanation is that uh, the public reacts to the election of the president. They watch him for two years. Um, in many cases, they don't like everything that that person is doing. Yep. So therefore, they take some of his or her power away by electing the opposition party to control of one of the houses of Congress. When somebody goes out to vote, what are they seeing on the ballot? Are they just seeing their, their local representatives and, uh, and then uh, senators if those are, are, if the senators are, are up for election? In most situations, they will see a large number of offices on the ballot. So for instance, in my county where I live, people will see um, there are no senators from New York up for election. Okay. There is all the members of the House are up for election. So the current member of Congress and her opposition will be on the ballot. Then you will have the local state senator, okay. the local assembly person, which would be equivalent to your provincial. Okay, okay. Uh, your provincial legislature, and then you'll see local races. So you, in our case, we have the sheriff up for election. We have uh, members of the city council up for election, members of the town councils uh, in, in our county. There are no judges up for election this year. It so happens that would be at the county level. So it's a, it can be a pretty long ballot. I was going to say that even, sounds like a huge ballot. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even in this case. And uh, also the governor is up for election uh, in New York. How are, these, how are these positions distributed? The House is based upon population. Okay. And there are 435 members of the House. They basically take the information from the latest census, which was uh, 2010, and they divide up those 435 people by population. Each state gets two senators, and that is not based on population. It's just based on being a state. Correct. I'm just thinking about, I'm fascinated by the idea that there's like local government and, you know, state government and uh, national government all on one ballot at one time. That seems like, uh, uh, well, it, it does explain to me a little bit why there's so much conversation about the midterm elections, because um, here we would have our provincial elections separate from our city elections, separate from really they're all they're almost all separate here. And so, um, wow, it's like piling them all together at once. Um, so, what does voter turnout look like historically for these kinds of midterm elections? Typically, the midterm elections get a far lower turnout than the presidential elections. Right. Uh, it may be 10, 15, 20 points lower 
um, for that. And um, is that is there any sort of thinking of why that is? Well, I think that the presidential elections create more interest and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is certainly a longer lead up to it. You know, people start running in the United States for president virtually as soon as the last election is over. <laughs> yep. And so there's this tremendous buildup, and it's there's um, many, many more dollars spent in those elections, therefore, again, generating interest and generating enthusiasm. Okay. And, and so when it's a presidential election, are there also then senators and congresspeople, they're all also on the ballot at the same time? That's correct. So okay. for a presidential election, all the members of Congress will be up for election at the same time as the president, and you will have one-third of the senators up for election in okay. that same uh, process. And those thirds, were those like pre-designed thirds? Like how does, how does, that, uh, how does that work? Uh, well, there's <laughs> some history to this. Originally, senators were elected by the state legislature. Okay. That was changed 150 years or so ago. I don't know the precise timing of that. And when that was done, they then instituted this system of one-third. If historically the, uh, the, the party that's in power loses seats during the midterms, that means there's a lot of, of turnover. Um, people talk about swing seats. What's a swing seat? What has evolved over time is that there are many s- districts in the United States that are clearly Republican or clearly Democratic. A swing seat is one that tends to move back and forth between the two parties. Okay. And so is that where uh, uh, like a lot of advertising and a lot of campaigning is targeted then? Clearly. Yeah. Uh, that's correct. That's that, those are the seats that are getting the most attention, the most advertising, uh, and will get the most political commentary. And so with those swing seats, how many of them are up for grabs this time around? Uh, approximately 40 to 50. So this could be a significant year because the Democrats need 23 seats to take control of the House. And obviously, if they got a greater number than that, that enhances their ability uh, in this particular instance to likely stymie the president, uh, because it's not as if they're going to likely uh, be partners with the president in trying to pass legislation. Now, I say that with some trepidation, because um, with President Trump, it's always a little bit difficult to know how he's going to turn the page. Okay. Um, so I have one last question for you today. Um, have there been any decisive or definitive midterm elections, ones that had like strong resonating impacts? There have been two in certainly in, in my life, well, three actually in my lifetime. Um, the first was in uh, 2010 when the Democrats lost control of the House of Representatives. In 2006, um, the Democrats gained control, and that was when George Bush 
two was in office. Obviously, right. in 2010, it was President Obama. And then in 1994, the Republicans took over the House uh, after being out of power for almost 40 years. Right. So those were very important elections because they impacted the programs that those presidents were trying to put into place. And in most cases, the change to the opposition party created real stagnation for that, that president. Thank you so much for joining us today. I enjoyed it. It was uh, interesting from my perspective as well. I got to rehash some information I haven't in a very long time. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interact. For nearly 35 years, Interact has brought the most innovative payment technology to Canada. Today, Interact is building on its track record of innovation in some exciting new ways. Find out how they're changing the game at developer.interact.ca.